0: Could you? Pull. Could I? What? And you? What do you mean? Pull. 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 Just pull each way. I don't know. Feels different this time.
1: Hello and welcome to Who Gives a Flux, a Doctor Who podcast. And here we are at the end of the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. Today we're talking about special number three, The Giggle. And here to help me form my thoughts and feelings into words, it's The Boss... Slash the one who waits. Slash Kira and Mad Uncle David. Hello, both. <laughs> Hello. Oh, I'm. G- I'm going
2: to be known as that forever now.
1: <laughs> yes, hundred you, percent. You're Mad Uncle David. Um, Kira, how the devil are you?
0: I don't mind my title either. Actually, I'm pretty good with that.
1: But um, yeah, I'm
0: back. I'm back again.
1: Who the thunk?
0: I know. <laughs> uh yeah i'm very excited i'm very excited to be here uh very excited about the episode so um yeah thanks for having me on
1: always a pleasure and david how the devil are you
2: i'm feeling very festive
1: festive yes
2: yeah, christmas isn't it it's very exciting in it it is christmas uh, isn't, isn't it, it.
1: yeah
2: isn't it? and i like my nickname of mad auntie david i think i think if i ever have the chance to come on this podcast again, which I hope I do, and I don't make a fool of myself today, Um, I'd like to be
1: known as that forever now, please. So would you prefer Mad Uncle David or Mad Auntie David?
2: Oh, Mad Auntie David. Or oh, Mad Auntie case. David. Mad Auntie David is much, much better. See, I yeah, was going to a...
1: go Mad Auntie David, and I thought, mm, I'm just going to be careful and call him Uncle, just in case.
2: No, I, I'm happy with that. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Fabulous. That sounds like a sort of character from a sitcom, and I like it.
1: Yeah. Thumbs you up. Yeah, very I, love so. I love it. Well, I'm glad you're feeling festive. I'm glad you're both good. I'm glad you're both here. Thank you for joining me today for this chat. It's probably going to be quite a a, a big one. It's a big episode. Um, just for some context. So my reaction today is a little bit different to the previous episodes because I have had the chance to watch this twice and I've watched Unleashed and I've listened to the official Doctor Who podcast, but I haven't listened to any unofficial ones yet. But I will. So I do feel a bit more sort of immersed in this special coming into this chat. So how about you guys?
2: I haven't watched it since. Actually, I'm, I'm I've only I'm a once once-a-go-er.
1: once a goer. Once <laughs> a goer, always a goer. <laughs> Kira, how about you?
0: Um, I have watched it twice. Uh, I watched it first with some friends, so it was a bit more of a social thing. It's interesting to see other people's reactions to while watching it, oh, and bet. then. And then the second time was just kind of more for my benefit of just to kind of really absorb what, if anything, I'd missed, which I didn't, but I <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: i be honest, I had to watch it again. I had to um, work through my feelings a bit. And actually, I think that mm. tonight's chat is going to be an extension of that because a bit like therapy. Bit like therapy yeah, I, I feel like I need to talk this out. It's like the
2: Power of the Doctor moment. Are we all going to be sat in a a room with like little deck chairs and got our names on stickers?
1: Well, yes. That's exactly what our podcast is. (laughs) I love it. Well, shall we giggle, David, please? Would you be so kind as to give us a cheeky little arpeggio, your rendition of the Toymaker's Giggle? Oh... <laughs> uh, Excellent, <laughs> love that. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, Kira, I am
2: available for big finish if anyone is listening.
1: <laughs> always available, always a goer. So, yeah. um, Kira, I'd like to know what are your immediate thoughts on the episode.
0: My immediate thoughts are:
1: Do you know what? I really,
0: really enjoyed it. It was something that I was a bit... You know, there's always a bit of expectation on a finale. And I was really... I was kind of a bit nervous about it paying off. But my immediate thoughts are, I really enjoyed it. Had so much fun. love Neil Patrick Harris. And I don't normally. But I really, really, really thought he was incredible in this. And very excited about what the future holds.
1: Nice. David, how about you? Immediate thoughts?
2: It was... It was very exciting. Um, I, I, I agree with Kira. I thought Neil Patraeus was phenomenal, actually, in it. And, and um, yeah, just that his whole energy in that role was like mind-blowing, basically. Um, I enjoyed it. There are things in it that at first I thought, oh, not sure about that. But the more I've thought about it, the more I've kind of, I'm, I'm up for the idea. Which I which I like. Mm. Um, it was absolutely bonkers, though, would not it? I mean, it was mad. It was mad. It, but, but it was a it was an RTD mad, which I I love, and also very 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 special for me. <laughs> yes, very special for me. Um, which I guess we'll get into. We're going to get into that one hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Like like I said, for me, like my immediate thoughts, I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed up until the regeneration on my first watch, mm-hmm. and then I was like. What's happening? And 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 I and I kind of I think I tensed up my 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 actual body tensed up and I didn't know how I felt, and then I had to go and watch it again, and I will say I definitely a lot more receptive to what's going on and what happened mm. uh, after my second watch, and yet I still need to talk through it. So let's start with let's start with unit, okay. It's in a marvellous, spanky new skyscraper. The return of Shirley, Kate, and of course, Mel, Kira. How did you find like this new iteration of Unit?
0: I think this new iteration of Unit is kind of where Unit really should have always been going. So I kind of feel like it was quite a natural progression into what it is now. It's quite nice that they've got their own Avengers Tower. I think that's pretty cool. And yeah, I just kind of feel like actually it's it kind of really works, I mean, there is a little bit of a thing about when Kate first appeared, and it was all about science leads, and it wasn't very much about soldiering anymore, and it kind of still is very much about soldiering with their whole kind of big military tower mm. but apart by you know putting that aside, because that's really kind of minor, but i yeah i really I liked it, really liked it. I liked that there was a bit of a follow on from the fact that Kate's going around recruiting, yes. Previous companions, because of course yes. that makes perfect sense. Why would you not do that before? It does, um, and it's. And she even she even did it during the episode, which was great. So I thought that was really nice. Mel being there was great. Yeah, I thought hmm. I thought it was I thought it was really cool. It makes like sense.
1: This. It's the most natural progression, I think, of why Unit feel, should be. You're right.
0: I feel like it's logical. I don't feel hmm. like it's kind of. I don't feel like it's out there really to be where Unit is now. You mm. know, they've had the they've had the valiant before. It's not like they've been really that discreet. Mm. So True. I kind of feel like this is pretty yeah, I feel like this is where Unit was heading.
1: Yeah, I agree. And David, of course, Mel is back.
2: She's I back.
1: No, she is like a favourite of yours. So how mm-hmm. was her return?
2: I mean, I gotta say firstly, for me it was the equivalent of having like for a lot of the new series people Billy back, you know, when she came yes. back in series four. I mean, Bonnie was one of the very main reasons I got into Doctor Who as a kid. Her and Sylvester were were kind of my team and Ace as well. Um, you know, and, and Sophie Aldred, but very much loved Mel as an as a as a kid. So it was it was really it was really special and actually quite emotional to have her back for me. Personally, because um, I think you know, I love Bonnie. I think she's a great actress. What I love about her is she hasn't got a clue what she did in Doctor Who, and I kind of love her for that. (laughs) 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 You know, know, I've met her at many, many conventions, and you know, someone will ask a question, and she'll go, "Did I do that?" Oh, okay, right. Yeah, but I kind of I love I I I I love that really. But I know it was so so lovely to see her back. It meant a lot. Really did mean a lot that she was she was there because she was my companion. Yeah, um, mm. and I thought she was fantastic. I mean, I, I'm slightly biased because I I felt like this episode didn't use her as much as I thought they were going to. But knowing that she's going to be coming back with Shooty, I kind of didn't mind that. I was kind of quite happy that in this one, you know, she was she was still in it a lot, but she wasn't as, as part of the focus. If that makes sense.
1: It does. I mean, there was yeah. a lot going on, and to be fair, going, yeah. this is like an extra slice of her. Yeah, because we, because we, we, we. Knew, I knew she was coming back because they spoiled it on the Instagram, and you knew as well. Didn't you new from before, I believe. Yes. I remember you were saying to me um, when yes, you I, met I, yes, her. Yes, yeah, yeah. And she said, "I was
2: very excited to work with Neil Patrick Harris," and then her eyes went <gasps> like, <laughs> like, "Don't worry, I won't say anything." <laughs> Just That's like, hilarious. Um, I love that. I'm I'm also really intrigued to see how she's going to come back, because this might not make any sense, so please tell me if this makes no sense. But I'm intrigued to see when she comes back, if she's coming back as part of unit or coming back as a more companion, because from what Russell was saying, it seems like it seemed like to me she was coming back as a companion, as in, mm. you know, she was there with the doctor and they were having, you know, an adventure together, because I think it's mm. the finale she's coming back in um mm. but now that she's working for unit i'm intrigued to see is unit going to be involved or is it going to be more about me- like i th- yeah. th- that's that's really got me interested now mm. i
0: mean when i read i read that and i the way i took it from what russell was saying was that it was more like she's properly back as in it's mel back being in the show but not just a cameo or not just a, yeah. so i kind of i don't know if she's back as like a companion as such yeah I don't. I don't I, mean, get, I, mean, I get the feeling it's a bit yeah. like a Sarah Jane situation, essentially.
2: Yeah, I, d- I didn't. I didn't explain that well enough. As in, I don't. I, not as a companion, but as in an actual, not part of unit. I wonder if if this, the you mean on her own finale. You know. Yeah, if she's going to yeah, be on yeah. her own with the Doctor, or if it's going to be more. You know, Kate's there, Shirley's there, and then Mel is more involved because mm. I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see where that's gonna where that's going to go, and it makes a lot of sense to bring her back again because. You know, she was a shooty yeah. in the first couple of seconds that he had regenerated. So, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, and I do think poor Kate Blatter, I think next time they bring her back, she's got to have a better deal. Because <laughs> yeah. I noticed someone, someone put on Twitter and I'd never noticed it before. It's like she's been electrocuted by the time. <laughs> she was thrown out of a plane by Missy. <laughs> like in the, in the giggle, she was, you know, nearly danced to death with the toy maker. Mm. Um, in flux, she nearly got blown up quite a few times. I'm like, give the girl a break. Come on, it's a, <laughs> mir- it's
0: a miracle she's still alive now. really. it's it. like, how is she still standing, the
2: poor woman? I don't know. I just think, could you not have a chair next time, or you know, just have a nicer time?
1: I did um, get a bit more from Kate this time than I usually get from her in her performance. She 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 had a bit more to do, a, bit, a few more. Emotions to play with, that I I I should say because yeah. normally she's very stoic, isn't she? She's the leader. She's 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 the brigadier basically. But she had a bit more to do this time round. Hmm. I, lo- I, I love her character. That. I do yeah. love
2: her character. It's so nice yeah. to see her back.
1: Same. And it's interesting.
0: Interesting, you get a little bit more from her this time. It's the first time she's been written by Russell. Yeah, true. And it's interesting that that kind of brings out certain things. You just you can see the difference in writing styles, which is which is really interesting.
2: And again, she's back, isn't she, in the next series, they've said already. She's, yes. she's been announced as coming back. So there's... Yeah, it seems like she'll be
1: more heavily involved as well. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It does make sense. Okay, so let's move on. Let's talk about little bit about you know, Patrick Harris then as the Toymaker, because, as you said, he did really give uh, an amazing performance. I'm not really um, familiar with the Toymaker of old. Here, uh, how how did this new kind of incarnation land for you?
0: I mean, the comparing the two, obviously they are very different in terms of like style performance because obviously totally different. So, you know, at least with The Master, for example, you get that evolution throughout the, the decades because they keep reappearing, whereas The Toymaker, obviously, the last time we saw them was 57 years ago. So a very radically different style of acting, Everything, the whole production, everything. So obviously, it's yeah. very slow in the to- the original Celestial Toy Maker story. It's much more frantic, much more kind of bouncy and zany with this new version. But what I did just be- you know, yesterday on my second watch of uh, of the Giggle, I um, I just preceded it with the last episode, the remaining episode of the Celestial Toy Maker, and kind of watched the Giggle as a sequel from like a Toy Maker perspective. Yeah, and. You so know, it kind of really worked in a really weird way. You wouldn't think it would, but it did actually kind of work for me. I like that there's this kind of, there's this almost an element of him learning from his failing in the past with the first doctor. The first doctor essentially won the game by imitating. The voice of the Toy Maker. So it's interesting that the Toy Maker now has lots of different voices throughout, different accents, different you know, different personas, which the original Toy Maker didn't do. And in this one, just going really out there with all these different characters. And it was yeah, I thought it was really a, a weird sequel, but a, a really interesting. Interesting that it still kind of worked. Uh, and I'm I'm not not usually a, a, a massive fan of Neil Patrick Harris. I don't really watch a lot of stuff that he's in, but um, yeah, I thought he was, I thought he was great. Absolutely astoundingly great. I loved the, the over the top German accent. I think that, I think I'm going to start talking like that quite a lot. <laughs> um, the giggle itself, that's firmly lodged in my head, just like the master's drum beat since 2007. That'll continue just to live there in the back of my mind, I think. Yeah, and yeah. um I never ever thought I would enjoy Spice Up Your Life <laughs> ever, and I really, really did just what a, what a great performance! It was very Russell T Davis. I mean, has to have a dance number to make it as crazy as possible, but um, it, it really worked for the toy maker, especially with the way that he was kind of you know turning unit soldiers into bouncing balls
1: and that effect was insanely it's, good.
0: insanely good but also really like scary how horrific it yeah. is but how funny it is at the same time yeah. Just, I just, yeah yeah it really really dark and macabre but very visually colorful scene and i thought that was just yeah i thought that was really good yeah i also good. get
2: this, i get this feeling that Rusty davis was like oh we've cast neil patrick harris so we're getting him to dance We'll get him to do like a big musical theater number. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah and yeah.
0: it's when you watch uh, Unleashed and Neil Patrick Harris is just talking about it he goes, I really think that Russell thinks I'm a lot better at dancing than I actually am. Because <laughs> I because he kept saying that he's not a dancer. He can't do this, but obviously he did and really <laughs> really well. Hmm. So yeah, I just thought his his kind of energy really really lifted the toy maker. And it's nice to have like a real proper tangible villain again. There was a kind of a, a lot of a lot of, lot of Moffat era stuff where villains were kind of like accidents of technology, freaks of technology, that kind of uh-huh. thing. And uh-huh. that kind of, after a while, that trope got a bit annoying. It's quite nice that we have like a really kind of proper villain. Like a really defining yeah, villain. Yeah, and I agree. like, I've just really missed that. So it's nice yeah. to have someone who's not just the master outwitting or trying to outwit the doctor. It's something that's much bigger than that.
1: Um, I thought it was really interesting as well. That like two things. Sort of the first part was the the casting of the salt at the edge of the universe, sort of letting the Toy Master into this yeah. realm. We knew that was significant when it happened, didn't we? we when he said that line last week, um, and I I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the payoff from that. And I also, this is going to sound a bit strange, but because the Toy Maker and Neil Patrick Harris was so prevalent in all the trailers leading up to this point, I feel like his story has been seeded through the whole series anyway yeah because he was the first kind of villain we saw and everyone was speculating who he was and it was finally released and it is the toy maker so i felt like we didn't have a whole season obviously to kind of seed the toy maker into being the big villain for the finale but it felt a bit like that is what happened anyway
0: yeah yeah it did feel like a kind of an arc but just in a very short time frame but yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I just 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 uh, the menace, the menace that came off the performance. <laughs> I just really oh even when he was doing his comical accents, it was just you know there's just a real danger and a, a darkness in there. I thought, yeah, very well played. Very well
1: played. Definitely. I have to say that I found the whole stooky bill thing oh very my God. Oh, yeah. like his whole clan was horrific, and I loved seeing on unleashed like how they did that. And I, I, I think I just assumed it was going to be a CGI effect when I saw it on the episode, but it was actually a puppet there with puppeteers. And I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. I mean... That um... that, that scene with Donna,
2: I was like, this is going to get complaints, not just from kids, but from me. This is terrifying. <laughs> I <Like, laughs> amazing.
0: Amazing. it was amazing. It was amazing.
2: But it was terrifying. It was. It was you know, as, some, as somebody who
0: kind of really like, I really like creepy, haunted marionette puppets, okay? I'm not allowed to have any in the house. That's understandable. I completely get that. But I really want them. And this scene was just perfect. It was like, this is just like, this is like my idea of heaven. I just love, I love creepy puppets.
1: And there was as well the um the previous companions puppet show and like, yeah. the toy maker saying like, you know, well that's all right then, after the doctor's sort of justification about the death of them all. I that was mean. A great scene. Yeah, did you really, think did really we, good. Did we think that was a slight sort of dig at Moffat?
2: No, I just thought it was I mean, I shouldn't say this, but but I did think it was quite funny that like none of Chipnall's. I mean, I know they didn't die or anything, but it just seemed yeah, to Yeah, it was like. I, I <laughs> went
0: to, I went to the same place. I, ge- like... I genuinely thought it was more of a dig at Chipnall than it was at Moffat, yeah. even though I don't think Russell would do that to either anyway. No, But no. it did seem a little bit more of like a, you know, here's all of his companions and then Chipnall's era, so it's just a flux. And that's it.
2: I mean, I like, I, 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 like, you know, it wouldn't have worked as well being like, and this is Ryan Sinclair. He left the Tadis. I do <laughs> yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> Of his own accord. (laughs) Like, you know. (laughs) And Graham O'Brien followed him. uh, Yeah,
0: it wouldn't really work because none of them died. But it's quite nice to have that little bit of character assassination on the Doctor of just like, you know, look at all the people that you keep killing. And then it's like, oh, yeah, but I saved them this way and this way. And it's like, yeah, well, that's all right then. Yeah, uh, yeah, really, really nice little takedown of uh, the Doctor and what the Doctor does and the consequence it has.
1: Definitely. OK, so we have to talk about the bi-generation. We have reached the point of bi-generation. So, David, I want to know what your immediate reaction was to it. And I wonder if that reaction has changed at all on reflection.
2: I thought it was a, just when I, when it first happened, I thought this is a bit weird. And then the first thing I thought was, well, they clearly done this so they can bring David Tennant back whenever it suits them. Um, because I thought, all right, OK. Um, looking back on it, though, I don't I don't kind of mind it. I think it was my, my only thing about it. And this isn't really about the bi-regeneration thing. I thought the way that they defeated the toy maker just seemed a bit too easy. Yeah, it, it mm. seemed a bit too like. Oh, now we're gonna have a ball game, and that's the end. Uh, Do mm. it seemed a bit sort of considering he was a very powerful villain, and he was a great villain. He really um, was. I mean, I, I will say that my mum, who it, it, she, like she watched the Doctor Who, but she was not like a massive fan, said to me that from the first scene of Neil Patrick Harris all the way through, she was gripped, and yeah. she's like, it's a very long time since that happened, and she said it was mainly due to him. She yeah. she didn't really know who he was, but she said how just. Phenomenal he was. But mm. I just felt I felt that scene was a bit odd. Not the whole regeneration thing. It just seemed a bit of a whole... I think it just seems a bit sort of like oh, we're going to defeat him by playing a ball game mm. and that's it. And now he's finished and that's the end. But mm. the actual premise of By Bi- Bi- Generation, I actually quite like now. I wasn't sure when I first saw it. I thought it was it was a bit of a silly thing. But I like it. And I think because the two of them were so good and they worked off each other It worked really well.
1: Mm, Interesting, Mm. Kira. How about you? I mean, when I watched it,
0: it was uh, very a case of me kind of leaning forward and going, "What?" Yeah, I I didn't dislike it actually, and it's quite a seismic thing to to do. But having said that, I mean, until uh, until the consistency of the uh, of the new series regeneration always looked quite different each time. So this, you know, let's not forget you know the watcher becoming being a sort of peter davison incoming and like going into tom baker to then become peter davison i mean that was really weird in itself so it, we've had like really odd regenerations before and actually it didn't really seem to strike me as being particularly out there after the initial kind of shock of what was happening had kind of dissipated i was like well, this isn't really that abnormal I don't really feel. I feel like regenerations have always been a bit strange for the Doctor. Mm. Mm. And also, let's not, uh, you know, going back as well, when uh, Romana decided to change her body, she went through a few different versions before she settled on one. (laughs) Um, That was weird in itself, because that's nothing like the kind of control the Doctor has over his regenerations. So, um, that was mental. So yeah, I think actually if you go back and look at other regenerations in the past, they've all been a bit strange and a bit you know, not particularly consistent. So this kind of fits quite well in a weird way. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought, yeah, it, it's a bit of a, a canon shift, but then we've had other quite seismic canon shifts in recent years too. And I kind yeah. of felt like I was more on board with this one okay. uh, personally. And I wasn't 100% sure about the kind of the way that David and Shuti played off each other at first because Shuti's got a very, very different style you can already see there's a very, very different type of doctor. You know when, like, we had David and um, and Matt Smith together, and there was this kind of real unity between them, even though they were quite different in their own way too. But there was a real unity. Whereas this felt quite different. Like they didn't, f- they they didn't really feel like they were quite as similar.
1: Yes, I was
0: kind of a bit unsure about whether I was like not about disliking shooty it was more about just like the, the 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 interplay between the two of them i wasn't quite sure if it kind of blended quite as well
1: but i think though in this instance you know, for me uh the the 14th doctor steps back and yeah the 15th doctor steps forward and takes control and becomes the doctor and in as the 14th doctor is then a bit more passive than he yeah. usually is because he wasn't that passive with matt smith's doctor with the 11th doctor no they, they were they were there were there was a match there this felt like he was letting the 15th doctor take over
0: yeah and i think also there's just one thing that i would like to say is that actually doing a regeneration like this was something that i've kind of always wanted them to try and do not mm. the bi generation specifically but having the doctor regenerate mid-final battle basically you know that mm. kind of doesn't that's never really happened. I mean, like you could kind of, you can't really say that six into seven was quite that because they kind of. Invent- well, he
2: just, he just fell off an exercise bite, didn't he? So yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And he just like, you know, Oh, look, you no know, Ronnie mm. quick regenerate. And then obviously the seventh doctor got shot. So you kind of go, I suppose it happened in the midst of things in a way, but to actually have a proper final climactic battle, and the Doctor regenerate, it's kind of... Normally you wouldn't do it because you want to give the outgoing Doctor a good send-off. So, mm-hmm. But there's yeah. something quite exciting about the fact that the Doctor regenerates and then saves the day in the new form because essentially they are still the same person, etc. And it's quite bold to do that. I suppose the way they were able to do this is that one, David has already had his big send-off because he was the 10th Doctor too. Yes, um, And also because they've done by generation which means actually he doesn't really you're not really mm. sending him off either so you actually mm. you get to share it out with mm. the new doctor too so i thought it was quite exciting to do something like that and i suppose they found a way to do it, it wasn't mm. what i expected but i think it's quite cool
2: i see i was a bit of a i was a bit of i was a bit of a traditionalist i was i sort of was hoping that you know David would just go and 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 shooty would take over and I thought at one point I thought well maybe you know shooty will take over halfway which would have been a really interesting yeah thing you know actually have just been shooty Donna and and mel and 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 all the others but actually I I thought well dot two is all about change isn't it I mean it's you know these three specials very much already russell's put his stamp on it um yeah so actually I I, I didn't mind it as much I thought it was quite a clever Everything. I mean, and as I said, it it felt a little bit like they were like, oh, we'll just get David Tennant back every now and again, just to keep you know keep the
1: fans. Happening. See, and that is, I think, what my problem with it is or was. I'm still trying to work through this because the tenth Doctor was was not my favourite Doctor. He, I I loved him whilst he was on. But since then, I've I've grown and changed, I guess. And I've sort of left the 10th Doctor behind a bit. Um, so when David Tennant was coming back, at first I thought, oh, this is mad, but kind of exciting, kind of, oh, I don't know. And then, of course, when I, you, you guys know I love the Jodie era. So when she became the 14th Doctor, I was a bit like, oh, we've seen this. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I think I was a bit like, okay. But then I've kind of slowly over the course of this year come around to the idea of, this being a really great big celebration for the 60th, and it's marvellous to look back and 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 have that you know joyful experience again with with the the tenant and Tate, and I and I and I really got into that, and actually watching these specials, I was like, I'm not ready for them to leave. I'd like them to have a whole series because I just love them together, and I think they're so so good. But then we- this idea of him now being able to be the doctor whenever they need him to be mm. sort of I, I have a bit of a problem with that.
2: I, I wonder if this might set things up for a spin-off, because there was a rumour, wasn't there, for a while, that that Tenant and Tate were going to be doing a spin-off together. Mm. Um which, which which wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if they had a at home with the nobles sort of you know, you know, um thing of tenant going off and and uh, Having adventures as well, but then I, but then I thought that was a bit odd because I thought, well, hang on a minute. His whole thing is he's kind of retired a little bit, you know. Yeah, vintage. how
1: do you feel about that? It's kind of like the happy ending for the Fourteenth Doctor and the explanation about why this face came back.
2: I mean, I I quite like the fact that Mel's part of the Noble family. I mean, oh, mean that!
1: Who, Absolutely loved that. Whoever,
2: whoever the other thing, I I my friend Ricky summed up this episode. I've just got to mention it because it made me laugh so much like who in their right mind would have thought that the toy maker from the 1960s would have danced with melanie bush on bbc one (laughs) to the spice girls Mm -hmm. i mean that just sounds like a big finish waiting to happen didn't it really i mean yeah if you think about it it's bonkers um but i didn't mind that so much really i thought because and also i think it would have been more annoying if donna was one of the oh i love the doctor i've always wanted to be with him yeah it would have just been a repeat of
1: yeah, Rose, but because I agree she, there. she
2: genuinely is just a good mate, and she's got Sean and Rose, and mm-hmm. she's happy, I kind of don't don't mind that as much. Um But I just can't quite believe that the Doctor, that Doctor, would just want to stick at home and watch Cash in the Attic, you know, and not want to go off on adventures and stuff.
1: How about you, Kira?
0: I think it's a nice th- kind of thematic end for the for the tenth Doctor. I feel like. The 10th Doctor never really got that. The 10th Doctor didn't want to go. And I think the 10th Doctor never really felt like he'd lived his full life. And I think he was so kind of bonded to humans that it always kind of felt like he kind of left before his time. So I think the 14th Doctor, older, wiser, notably different, like we all keep saying. Yes, definitely. um, Kind of a little bit more... I think just, yeah, a bit wiser to it. And I think actually the idea of the Doctor finally kind of going, all the stuff that I've been fighting for, actually seeing it, giving a having, having had a chance to see it from the other side because the Doctor is still out there fighting all of the battles that I would have to do.
1: Mm.
0: Getting a chance to maybe just sit for a bit and actually appreciate what I've been fighting for this whole time. I think that's quite a nice kind of conclusion. Also, I kind of like the idea of, like, Donna Noble unit operative being a star, oh, would be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yes. her having yes. the adventures, coming back and seeing the Doctor, who's, like, doing actually nothing, <laughs> just watching telly all day with a drink in his hand. Yeah, Kind of like that idea of actually her going off and having all the adventures. And who'd have thought, if, you know, they did that, wouldn't it be amazing to have that unit spinoff everyone's been wanting for years? And actually, it's through the lens of Donna Noble of all people. I think would oh, be amazing.
1: It would be
2: amazing. How good would that be? Have, have Mel pop in every now and again? Yeah. Of course. A, of know.
1: course. They're family now. I thought
2: but, that was lovely. I it thought was, that was lovely. Just, yeah. I thought that was such a sweet little thing because, again, you wouldn't necessarily pair Mel and Donna together as... Not people that would get on, but, you know, people... If you were going to pair Donna off with another companion, I don't, again, I don't think Mel would be on the list, but... Mm. They seem to have, you know, really bonded. And I just thought that was a really lovely, sweet scene. It was. It was quite
0: nice that that line of your family came from Sylvia as well, rather than Donna. Yeah. Yes. Um, Which is quite nice. Because I think, like, even Sylvia's kind of started to appreciate the, you know, what good comes from the doctor. And actually, it's quite, yeah, quite nice when companions start meeting other companions and they actually kind of get on. And it's all very much like, we've been through the weirdest experience that nobody else in the world will understand. And, um, Yeah I think that I thought that was a really lovely little moment.
2: And I must say as well because I haven't I didn't have the opportunity to be on on the Starbeast one. I do think one of the highlights for me for this this uh three episodes is having Sylvia change actually. I thought that yeah. was such a because she yeah. was such a she, she was a bit of a moody cow, wasn't she when she was when she was in it back then. <laughs> you know she was. But, yeah. but to have a character who you know just adores life and adores you know her daughter and her granddaughter and and all that I just thought that was such a lovely change of character for her and it yeah. worked I mean it meant it it, it it wasn't it didn't like it came out of nowhere it, it kind of all made sense and as you said when when she had that line of going oh you're pretty much you know you're practically family now um I just thought it was lovely I just yeah. thought it was such a nice it, that's been that's been a bit lovely. of a highlight for me
1: yeah, very nice as well because Sylvia can now relax because she hasn't got to worry about Donna finding out about the aliens and the doctor because she might die. Like that mm. weight has been lifted off her, and you could see that in the final scene. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It was, it was lovely. I think my favourite moment, as we kind of, um, lovely little segue there, David, um, was when Judy was hugging. David Tennant on the helipad and was like, I got you. Mm. I thought that was a really, really lovely moment and it was one that uh stood out for me on the second watch. So I don't know, do you guys have like any favourite moments from this story, Kira?
0: I mean there's there's actually quite a lot of moments I really, really like. One thing I would say is not so much a moment but a kind of a presence in the in the whole episode is Neil Patrick Harris's many many teeth
1: oh my words i love so how, many teeth
0: love how weird it looks but not weird enough to go oh my god that's really like creepy it's yes. kind of like something you notice a little bit um but it's just it's just too weird not to notice i really like that i don't know i think that i think actually the reunion between the doctor and mel because there was just a warmth like a real mm. honest warmth between them mm. um just having their little catch up and the doctor giving her a hug when he first notices her. I like the fact that he doesn't even notice her at first because she hands him something and he just he's in doctor mode and uh, then Mm. kind of does a double take and I thought that was really nice.
2: And also I think that scene also works so well because had that probably been another companion, they might have got a bit defensive. Yeah. But Donna because Donna's been through that, because Donna has met Sarah Jane has met, you know, she's there to kind of just embrace Embrace it and, and enjoy it and love it And I agree with Kira, I thought that was such a lovely little scene It was, you know, the way they just sort of went Hello at each other When when they were on the computer I just thought it was such a nice little moment
1: I actually yeah. love the fact as well that she just Kind of said, you know, "No, we're busy, we'll do this later Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that, you know, down to business I enjoyed um, Okay, so I do want to say Though as well that I would like some justice For Yaz, please I feel like <laughs> when they were in the TARDIS talking about Sarah Jane, talking about Rose, how much they loved them, I feel like, yeah, I should have had a little bit of a mention there. That's just something. And I, like, my question for you guys is: did you think that anything could have been better in this episode or anything that you would change? Because for me, I think I am now done with Russell giving villains pop songs to mime i think I'm, i think i'm done i just because we i just yeah i'm done with it it was marvelous but i think it's now time to change the record
2: i would have That's... had mel in every single scene and everything <laughs> <show. laughs> of, um, of course you would i i well i would also i don't know actually i mean I, I you know this is not one that could have been changed but it is a shame in a way bernard wasn't um, up, yeah, wasn't well enough to do because that would have been, that would have been nice to have had him there at the end. Um, that was also a highlight of the series. I've got to mention because I always mention him on the podcast when I come. On you here, do, so I got to mention it. Yeah. Um, but I think no, I think I think my only thing for me was just the way that the toy maker was defeated just seemed a bit too quick. And I think when I when I mean I've only watched it once, but after I finished watching it, I did think to myself. Oh they didn't they didn't really give Neil Patrick Harris much to do. I felt like for such a big character. But actually thinking about it, I was like no, he did do a lot. He, like he you did. know, he he was there. I just think it was a shame that you know, you didn't need anything big to get rid of him. You didn't need like a big showdown or but, but I just felt to me it was a bit sort of like oh, we have the boards. and then they caught them and that was that was the end. Yeah. Um, that would be my only my only negative. Thing and I would I would have changed, but actually apart from that, I thought it was I thought it was just stunning. I loved I mean I loved all the stuff in the puppet show. I loved that set. I loved all the bits yeah. in the corridors. I suppose I don't know if this is me being a bit old fashioned, but I think it would have been nice to have had another game because the Toy Maker is known for playing games. Um, you know, maybe when Donna and and the Doctor were in the back of the shop and they were following all the corridors, it might have been quite nice if they'd had a game to play to show what the toy maker is like because i think if yes. you're not if you're not a die hard fan like us and you didn't know who mm. that character was you might not necessarily realize how crazy yeah. that character is i mean yeah. he you know, you know in in the in the celestial toy maker episode story it's all playing games but he's a big character quite scary centre mm. character yeah. and i felt a little bit like that would have been nice to have had a game in, in there at some point you know, to have had, not like Saw, you know, I'm not saying
1: have, like a Saw <laughs> game or anything like that.
2: But, you know, maybe you've just had something that, like, the Doctor and Donna have to cross this
1: Yes, this, this yes. room. But... Riddles or something, just yeah, to do something. something like yeah, that. yeah, I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. Yeah. Kira, how about you? Would you have changed anything or anything you think could have been better?
0: I mean, I, I do actually, I, I do agree with you, David, on that. Just wanting, you know, maybe them having a bit more gameplay going on in that scene but i think one one plus point of the toy maker is the fact that he's called the toy maker kind of gives everyone a lot of kind of pre-warning about what he's like without having to really show it Mm. which i suppose is the one way they can probably get away with that without having to really do that while it would have been quite nice i think actually even for casual viewers or new viewers who don't know who the toy maker is, because they're called the Toymaker, it kind of implies quite a lot without having to do much, which is quite clever as mm. a as a character, really. But I also really, really agree with it feeling like the Toy Maker was defeated too easily. I love the fact that the Toymaker was defeated by playing a game of catch. Mm-hmm. I think I quite I quite like the subversion of a big showdown by having the doctor and the doctor play a game of catch with the toy maker I think that's uh, a really great solution really mm, yeah. um but, but I will yeah I will also say I did feel a little bit there was just that little bit missing where it just kind yeah. of oh yeah I it think, was like it was like, I can't think of a way that they would have done it better but I just kind of go yeah, yeah
1: I think on my first enough. viewing I felt the same I was like catch really and that was it okay great but on the second viewing, I didn't mind it so much. So I feel like it's going to get less and less of a problem for me the more I watch it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's do final thoughts about the giggle. David, what are your final thoughts?
2: It's probably my favorite of the three that we've had. It felt very explosive. It felt very <laughs> Russell T Davis. Um, and I will also say, cause I haven't, we haven't mentioned this and I, I, this is another thing that I thought was really clever with Russell. I loved how he sort of had a bit of a go at people uh, being vocal online. You know yeah. that, that I thought that was I, 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 When that scene happened with the guy being like, "Oh, this is my this is my road. I pay for it." Da da da. I thought you cheeky little bugger. Yeah. Um, but uh, overall, I thought it was. I thought it was fantastic. I think it's the best of the three, um, and it sets up a lot of stuff, which is exciting because, you know, you, you've got you've got who this boss is, you've got how Mel is going to be involved in the next series, you've got Shooty, you know, ending on new adventures. Yes, yeah, so it's all kind of, it was a big celebration, but it also sets up a lot of stuff for the new series, which is very exciting.
1: Yeah, definitely. Kira, how about you?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think probably, oh, it's really hard. I loved Wild Blue Yonder. And I think it really—that was so much of what I wanted from Doctor Who. But I feel like this was such a good finale. It does kind of just about, just about inch past. Ooh, um, interesting. Definitely, I think the Star Beast was the weakest for me. I don't think I've got any real question in my mind about that. But yeah, I thought it was—I thought it was a phenomenal conclusion to a you know a great anniversary series really. And I just thought performances were excellent across the board. I love the way it brought back returning, you know, classic characters and blended them so perfectly. I thought just the kind of the interplay with everyone was great. And I think having a great villain really kind of stealing, stealing the show, but in a, in a way that didn't really kind of take away from the doctor's story, I thought was really well balanced. So I'm really, yeah, very, very satisfied with that. And um, as I say, that, that giggle is um, (laughs) firmly rooted in my mind. I keep, I keep like, just hearing it in my head. <laughs>
2: well, that's creepy. I, my, my, my only <laughs> other thing is, I don't know about you, but I feel like we've been waiting so long for these 60th anniversaries. It just feels weird they're over now. It's like, oh. Yeah. yeah. You know, we've been waiting since May last year when they were filming, you know, and we saw photos of Neil Patrick Harris on, you know, the streets of Bristol and stuff. So <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> part of me yeah. was just like, oh, it's over now.
1: Um, it's but smart, yeah, no, it? it's
2: been great. It's been great.
1: I think for me, uh, I'm still trying to get to a place where I'm sort of okay with the fact that there are two Doctors now and that one of them is David Tennant and will always be David Tennant. And I'm really happy that Donna got her happy ending. Like, again, like a proper, proper one this time, remembering the Doctor and everything. But the other part of me is a bit like, unsure still about how I feel about the fact that there are two Doctors. And I'm really, really excited to watch Shuti and his story. And I I, genuinely, I couldn't be more excited. I think it's a very, very interesting era. And I think it's going to be very dynamic. And it's just that's what i'm looking forward to and i i just have to make peace to the fact that there is still a 14th doctor around and i have to say i preferred the 14th to the 10th by by a long shot i really did it's just that it's just always david tennant isn't it and i get Mm. it he is Mm. like the nation's favorite doctor i get it it's fine he's just not my doctor that's not a problem um so, but I—I if, if really enjoyed the episode, and I, like I said, the more I watch it, I think the more I'm going to really enjoy it, and and I will get to the emotion of the episode soon because a lot of the time for me, I am led by the emotions rather than the plot, and so. I will make peace with what happens by watching it and getting those emotions out. But right now, I'm a bit stuck on the plot and what it means to have two doctors around who can regenerate. And what does that mean for everything else? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I have questions. Which might get explained. That's the thing. They you might get know, explained. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Or they might not. I know what Russell's like. Yeah. Um, and then the only other final thought I have for it of the specialty is mavity so moving on um <laughs> i tell you what
2: so I, just adding on to that sorry because of something you said i i agree with you i'm very excited to see what the new year is going to be like but i i have you know i'm very intrigued because these three episodes already have set the fan bases a bit all over the place yes i mean yes. lots of negativity online lots of you know not a lot of very happy fans as well so I'm interested to see how this next series is going to go because I think a lot of fans are going to not enjoy it. Mm. But I think a lot of people will. I think it will bring in a whole new you know, wave of fans in and I think a lot of fans are going to love it. But I think there's going to be some that are going to you
1: know, but well, the show has to bring in a new yeah, audience. Absolutely, it's got no. to do that, and it's got to compete with modern telly. So it does make complete sense what they're doing and why. It's you know, mm. it, just and a- quite
0: honestly, Russell did this back in two thousand and five. yeah, yeah. like it's not like classic yeah. Who fans were in love with the new series for a long time. Yeah, um, true. It's true. Yeah. And as time has gone on that kind of the division between the two series is kind of softened. And I think people see it more as a starting to see it more as a whole. But at the time Mm. there was a big divide between people who were classic Mm. fans and, Mm. you know, and and people watching it for the first time.
2: I think I I might've said this on on one of the other episodes or or I probably, I probably have a repeat myself all the bloody time, (laughs) but you know what? It's like in this new era, you know, people are complaining that Jinx Monsoon's going to be in it because she's a drag queen. If it gets people watching Doctor Who, it gets people watching Doctor exactly, Who, that's great. Exactly, You know, Shooty was the next Doctor. If people were watching him in Sex Education and think, oh, I'm going to give him, you know, a go. I know people that have never watched Doctor Who, but now they know he's in it as the Doctor, they're going to watch it. That's yeah, brilliant. Exactly. I know people who who love Jonathan Groff, who's also going to be in the next series, and yeah. they go, oh, let me know when his episode's going to be on. Same with Jinx Monsoon, and I just think to myself, if it gets people watching,
1: that shouldn't be a bad thing. 100%, hmm. 100%. And something I, I will mention as well, with my, all my kind of uh, confusion about the whole 14th and 15th thing, I do like this idea that the 14th Doctor is over here, sort of, being able to rest and to allow the 15th Doctor to go on without too much of the baggage that the last however many years has had. I'm all mm. for angst. I'm all for an angsty doctor. <laughs> and I'm all for the man pain sometimes. But it's quite refreshing to have a new era now going forward with a little bit of that left behind. You know? Mm
2: absolutely no Hmm. i agree i agree
1: so last week i put out a message on the socials to ask people for their opinions about wild blue yonder and i thought now i will share just a couple of them not too many just a few so this is from jezebel of decibels which is a fantastic name on instagram um bizarre unsettling original loved it it's great when who goes weird for a week I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I love that. Yep. Um, Kate on Instagram also said, I didn't clock the fake doctor with Donna. I thought it was a sudden switch to doctor was like a time thing, which is what Greg mentioned last week. So yeah, yeah that does make sense. I, I watched it again this week while blue yonder and it gave me the creeps all over again. When I realized that the, he wasn't in the room with her and like, what the hell is that? Loved it. Great moment. And let's end with this one. Um, Rodri on Twitter, I loved the episode. I'm a massive Donna Noble stan. Catherine brings the humor, but at the same time is so emotive. This episode played to her and David's comedy strengths, and the cameo from Mr. Cribbins was Chef Kiss for Me. Oh. It always ends on Burner, doesn't it? It has to, doesn't it? It really, really does. Thank you for your comments, all. You have more chances to comment in future. But right now, I want to ask you both what you're looking forward to at the church on Ruby Road. Can I be totally honest? Please do. Anita Dobson. (laughs) (laughs) Can I tell you a really funny... Can I... I...
2: Can I tell you a really funny side story? Please do. So, uh, where I work, when we, were, when we were in lockdown, we had a lady join us who worked in, works in theatre. She's a costume lady. Uh, and one of her best mates is Anita Dobson, um, because she worked with her on a show and has become quite a good friend and cl- like, quite close to her. Uh, and she's left now, but she came back to visit her. Us just to say hello, and when she walked in, I just went over to her. And went, can you tell her? Can you tell her? I'm really happy she's going to be a Doctor Who. She doesn't know who I am, but can you just tell her I'm really, really excited? <laughs> and my friend was like, "What? What? 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 Calm down. What are you saying? What? Say it again. What? Um. So yeah, so I was like, "Can you just tell her that there's some guy that you used to work with who I don't really know if you like me particularly? Can you just tell her I'm really excited that you're in it? Um. But no, uh, I'm excited to see her. But no, I think it's, I think it's going to be quite camp. I think it's going to be quite a camp fun romp. Um, it's got Davina McCall in, which is a bit weird, um, but yeah. No, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be emotional, fun, bit camp, and it's got Nita Dobson in it. Happy Christmas.
1: Happy Christmas, Kira. What about you? Uh,
0: I mean, I'm really looking forward to the kind of the fun new era, but also I am someone who likes a good amount of threat and evil in uh, in Doctor Who, so I'm kind of really intrigued as to how that materializes. Uh, in the show going forward, in this kind of very new feeling
2: show, mm. yeah, I'll t- tell you what else I hope for as well in the Christmas special. And uh, I, I, this is a controversial opinion, but I don't care. Um, can we stop having complicated Christmas special episodes, please? I want something fun, silly, because the amount of times I've watched Doctor Who on Christmas Day with, with not weeds, as I call them, you know. Non. Dot two fans and they sat there. Mm-hmm. And, oh, what the hell is going on? And I'm like, I don't know myself. I don't really know. You know, yes. I just have something that's just enjoyable, easy to follow. You know, if you've had a few beverages and you're not quite with it, you can still understand the plot.
0: Well, fortunately, Russell's Christmas specials were always like that and quite easy exactly. to follow. Yeah, ev- everybody after that started to make it very complicated, and not as not as much fun. So there's, a,
2: there's only one Moffat christmas special that i actually really liked and all the others i just thought were too either all right but just all far too just like bleh, 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 you know i loved the, the i
0: loved christmas Was that was i think oh that it, was it astounding really, yeah. astoundingly good christmas special
1: for me yeah uh, but i think David, I, what was the one you liked for mothat
2: i mean i did like christmas carol to be fair but i also i'm a bit angry at that episode as well um but i really liked last christmas i thought that mm. was a very good episode mm. That surprised me how good that was, actually. Mm. But I, I, yeah, I do get fed up at complicated episodes and stuff like that. I just want fun, silly, simple and, you know, it's what you want. Uh, to be honest,
1: show. I think that's what we're going to get. We're going to get a fun, yeah. silly, simple sort of romp. And I think that's what we need at Christmas. It's going to be it's, a laugh. It's
2: exactly what you need. Exactly it is. What...
1: I'm really looking forward to meeting Ruby, actually. Yes. I have got about her. Yeah, remember her—the actual companion. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just thought Mel was going to be in it. <laughs> Who bloody knows? She, she might probably be going to pop up. She might She'll be. be there. Yeah, She'll be there. I love it. Oh, both. This has been a fabulous conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. I will, of course, link to your social medias in the show notes as usual. Um, so, listeners, what do you think about the giggle? <laughs> uh. i want to know you can follow me on instagram and twitter at who thanks for listening please like and subscribe and if you'd be so kind as to drop me a cheeky little review that would be amazing of course if you want to be a part of the conversation as well you can join me for an episode or just get in touch with the link in the show notes kira please say your goodbyes
0: thank you very much mike it's been a pleasure as always to be here so um yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to the new era as we all are. So, it's been very exciting to watch The Giggle. And uh, yeah, I hope everybody else has too.
1: Love it. David, please
2: say your goodbyes. I'm going to say Merry Christmas.
1: Aww. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.
2: <laughs> Merry Christmas. Oh, that's and I, lovely. And I hope whatever you're doing is a lovely Christmas and you enjoy any Dobson on Christmas Day. <laughs> 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 but no. Merry Christmas, everybody.
1: <laughs> well, Merry Christmas to you too. That's a lovely way to end. I love that. And obviously, I will be back very soon, sooner than you may think, <laughs> with another episode of Who Gives a Flux?
2: So I'm just looking at my star on my tree. I'm thinking I might put a picture of Anita Dobson up there.
1: I think you should, and then I'll I'm it surprised on you Instagram. haven't already. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it's a good job
2: I don't live by myself. <laughs> 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 I, I have all that. these. I just have all these baubles of just icons from Doctor Who. It's like, the Jacqueline amazing. King bauble.
1: <laughs> that is actually it's genuine. genuine. Please do it. Will you just please do it? Maybe I will.
2: Maybe, Maybe you, you know. should if yeah. i get my own christmas job lots and lots of mel baubles. i mean i've you know that i mean of course of course i love i love i take a photo and tweet it to bonnie every day until she responds <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> because then she'll think you're normal and it's fine yeah of course
0: <laughs> yeah the secret the secret to kind of getting a celebrity on side is by kind of harassing them That's
1: of course
2: yeah way. of course absolutely she she'll love it i'd be like she, to be she fair to be fair, I did actually tweet it once because when I went and got my COVID jab, I wore my Body for t shirt and I just put, going to get my COVID jab with my Body for t shirt, you know, like life couldn't get better, sort of thing. And then she retweeted it, so I was quite proud of that. She said, I hope it went well. I said, It went very well, Bonnie. Here's my number, call me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't do that. I didn't do that.
1: <laughs>